You're listening to Bellwether's podcast with Matthews Joseph. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into Bellwether's podcast. This is Matthews. And today I have my dear friend Justin Sabu here with me. He is the pastor of Zion Church in Dallas. And he's also a renowned leader, a leadership coach. And there are a lot of things that I would say to define him. And to be honest, I've, I've known this guy only for a few few months, but I know, but I can tell you that this guy is a world changer. So we have Justin Sabu here on the podcast, and it's such an honor to have you, Pastor Justin. Thank you so much for being here. It's an honor to have you on the show. Man, I'm honored. I'm honored as well, and it is such a joy to join you here on this podcast. I pray over every individual that is listening to us today. Greetings in the name of Jesus. And I pray that as you listen, as you tune in, to spend some time with us, this will be a blessed conversation for your life as well. Thank you. Amen. I believe that too. So yeah, uh, so people who are from Zion Church or people who know you may not need a typical inter- introduction of who Pastor Justin is. But in in your own way, in, in your own words, can you say uh, a, a couple of minutes? Say what you do, who you are, and, uh, and you know some essential stuff about yourself. Uh, something about me that has stood out a lot, um, I've heard this from quite a few people as well, is I'm a guy that you cannot box in. I cannot be boxed into somebody's ideas, somebody's failures, somebody's past. I cannot be boxed into, and I prefer not to be boxed in. What I'm suggesting here by mentioning that is that you know, a lot of times we look up to people and we try to follow them, we try to imitate them, we try to be somebody else. But I believe God has called us to be who you are and being that individual person that God has called you to be makes you in the perfect image of Christ. And that's where you get to shine the light of His glory and you become very rare. You become the only piece. And I, I always say this to my wife, Anisha, that after God made me, He closed the factory down. It was, I am the only, only piece available in the whole world. My wife jokes about this with me, but how true that is. And it is true with every individual. God who has created us, has created us to be unique, has created us to be different, and has created us to be an influence in the world that God has created us to be. And just last Sunday, Matthew, I was talking about, in order to be different, uh, you got to be uh, different. In order to make a difference, you got to be different. And everybody tries to fit in in this world today, but God has asked us to stand out. So that's something about me that I want to say that I'm a pastor, leader, friend, brother, but uh, don't try to box me into any <laughs> typical you know, leaders you have seen. Uh, I will break all those expectations. That's who I am. <laughs> Uh, I think that's like the most, uh, the best introduction that I've ever had on this podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is like a typical real good thing. And I think, you know, that's a warning to me to don't box you. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll put that in my playbooks and never box past Justin. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned something very unique. Uh, like you mentioned last Sunday and also right, you mentioned right now, uniqueness. I want to quote on that right now because being unique, I think that's, what is lacking in leaders today 
because I feel like uh, even I have the sensation like when when I see a particular leader when I see a particular personality or a public figure, you know, you you have that okay. I need to be. Bec- I, I it wouldn't it be it wouldn't it be good if I became like them? You know, you have that kind of obsession that you have and that kind of like the imposter syndrome where you actually try to be that. And I remember us having this conversation once uh, while we were going to TD Jakes Church in Dallas, and you know, you said this like uh, I was telling you, we're talking about TD Jakes with uh, with our mutual friend and then suddenly you bring up this thing like there will not be another TD Jakes just like there will never be another Pastor Justin or there will be never be another Matthews and so that uniqueness factor how how does a how does a leader factor in that uniqueness into his day-to-day life into his day-to-day doings so I believe I mean it, it's not wrong for example when we share that conversation I remember I was also mentioning that TD Jakes was a, a role model in my life and as Every individual, we see people who are successful, who are making changes, who are turning things around, upsetting the world. Uh, we see them as role models. And it's nothing wrong to use them as figures to change the way we are, but also understanding the fact that each individual is called to a territory. God in the Bible called Adam and Eve planted them in Eden. That is where they have to shine. That is where they have to mend. That is where they have to cultivate. That is where they have to be, in other words, influential. God anointed Adam and Eve. And one of the anointings, one of the callings that Adam and Eve was that be influential. Where? In the, in the flora and the fauna God created. The plants and the animals. God said, I want you to name them. Whatever Adam named was the name of each animal. He, he saw the lion walking and he said, ah, I think that looks like a lion. Let me call it a lion. <laughs> and that's how we see that was a lion. He called the tiger. He called out every animal. In other words, in that garden, Adam used his uniqueness. Now, listen, there was no other person that he can copy. No, there was no other person. But Adam was successful being that unique voice in the garden God has put him. And I believe as individuals, each of us, we are placed intentionally by God in the areas of influence. And I believe every individual, we we have a leader within us. You know, a uh, uh, leader must have somebody to lead. You know, uh, you must have some followers if you are a leader. Uh, but hey, even if you have nobody, say for example, you have nobody that you are leading, but you're leading yourself, right? You are the leader of yourself first before you become the leader of anybody else. And that is where influence comes. That God has positioned us in a place where we, we navigate the area. We, we, we map the surrounding of that place. And we like, you know what? It is, it is Justin that is placed in this area of influence. And it's only Justin that can do the change here. And it's nothing, it's not, there's nothing wrong in me seeing somebody idolizing that person, saying that, ah, I think he's doing something different. Can I take some of his coaching? Can I take some of his talents? Like use some of the techniques, mechanisms that they are using. Now, if I see something different within them, in that culture, in that context, now if that culture and context fits in the place that I am working, I believe I can use them but never forget the uniqueness of who you are. And that is where everything changes. And I believe a lot of people today, you know, we are copying others. We're trying to become like somebody else. 
in the becoming of somebody else, you are actually getting away from the image Christ has made who you to be. Because that's where your uniqueness is the identity of Christ in you and in that area. So maintain and cultivate and that will set people free. Man, that is some super stuff that you just said in, in a couple of minutes. Uh, but I want to chime into something you said about influence that I want to add on something. What I believe the leadership guru for most people would be John Maxwell because that guy is like the top guy. And one of his most uh, most quoted statements is this, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. So, and that's like, you know, I'm just like confirming what you just said, you know, it's about influence. And the moment you have that influence, it does not have to be, to be honest, like, you know, you are a pastor. So your influence is on your congregation or fellow pastors or fellow leaders or fellow youth pastors and people like that. But my influence, I am not a pastor, but I am, I am a person who works uh, or who leads a team of people doing a podcast. And my influence is one with the podcast team. The other one is going to be the where I work, the people who I communicate with, the, communi- the people who I deal, deal with. And that circle, the moment that you understand that there's a people who, person who is listening to you, that's when you understand that you are a leader. And most people don't understand that. Most people don't want their what in, in the season, I see there's a lot, there's like, two sides to people like one side wants their voice to be heard one side needs to be silent and you know they don't give like they don't i I don't care what's going on they move away but you know the people who actually make their voice sound and the people who make their voice resonate are the ones who are who actually make up to the big job or who become the renowned leaders and those are the ones who exercise their influence and like you said you know if you if when when god gives you god has given you influence and god has given you the skill and like you said every person has is a leader he or she is a born leader and it's it may be different capacities but how they tune into that and how they cultivate that is the way that you do it and i i remember this one person telling me this years back uh i met this person and this person was telling me um uh, and i asked him well, how do i how do i invest in something and he said the best person to invest is yourself and he also said this one thing that if i don't invest in myself nobody else would invest in me that's right because the first step first investment that i put in myself is myself right. i need to put like i mean i know that sounded like a paradox but still i need to invest in myself i like like i need to i need to understand what is if i want to learn something i need to read books i need to watch youtube or search about it in google or research more about it and follow people who do similar things that's when i start investing in myself and if i don't invest in myself there is nobody on earth who is going to right. be the next person to invest because unless and until I take a step forward, nobody else would even care about me. And I feel like most people don't do that. Mm-hmm. Most people take leadership for granted or influence for granted and they feel they want to change the world, but they don't want to be changed. You know, like you said last Sunday, and you know, and you have resonated it again. And most people want to change, everybody wants to change the world. And you know, most people don't want to do it. And like Mahatma Gandhi once said, you know, be the change that you wish to see in the world. And, you know, how is your perspective on that? You know, how do you change yourself uh, and how do you invest in yourself? And as a person, because I know you because you came here uh, to the United States as a student and you, you learned your leadership and masters and you are now a pastor of a pretty good church in Dallas and one of the fastest growing metroplexes in the U.S. And how do you rate yourself? How, would, how were you able to invest in yourself as a kid? Uh, as, a, uh, as a kid who came from India for masters and how did you find that investment into yourself and how did you move forward with it? I believe change is, uh, it is inevitable. Change is inevitable, it happens nonetheless. 
you either stand in the way of change or you become part of the change. A lot of leaders, and especially because now I'm a pastor, I come in the circle of many pastors who come in the way of change. And because they come in the way of change, what happens is everything around them is changing, but the pastor. Now it could be a pastor or a leader within the church or any ministry organization. Now here's the thing, when change happens, you need to see, and a lot of pastors, if I, I don't want to keep too much of Bible in this podcast here, but a lot of pastors would say, you know what, they will bring scriptures to court and mention that, hey, you know what, I think the scriptures doesn't support the idea of change so and so in this area. So they start defending. And what happens because of that, everything around them is changing but the pastor. What happens? The congregation becomes upset. People becomes upset and people slowly started leaving because they are not sensing the change. If you believe or not, change is inevitable. And it is our world is constantly changing. The culture is constantly changing. The workspace is constantly changing. In the last two years or maybe in the year and a half of COVID, a global pandemic, so much has changed in the workspace you work for Google and you would see that so much has changed in the workspace itself. I work for a church and I see the change within the church and the organization. I also work at a hospital. I see the change that the hospital systems are going through. And now here's the thing. When change happens and if you stand in the way, what happens is you will eventually be either removed from the post, the place of influence, because change is, the word is inevitable. It will change no matter what. Now you either stand in the way or you usher the change in the way you want to see it. Now here's the thing, personal change. You see things in our world, you see and notice of where God has placed you, a workspace, a hospital, corporate hospital, church, any place of influence as an athlete or wherever God has placed you. When change, you notice change within the organization, how are you positioning yourself? Because you won't be able to see or you won't last long if you don't change yourself, right? Now, like Mahatma Gandhi, you were, you were quoting, be the change that you, that you to want see. to see in the world, right? Now you want and we all want and the way we are wired and that is where the advertisement industry works and functions is that they want change every after every two or three episodes of a similar advertisement. The ad industry wants something different. People want something different. In a constantly changing world, if you function yourself as a person who is rigid, who is strong and who does not want to move, who does not want to be uh, uh, accept any oncoming, incoming changes within the surf, what happens is you're breaking yourself. You will lose connections, you will lose your friendships, you will lose your influence. But on the other hand, now if you can turn yourself into, you know what, I think I need to learn more. For example, when I moved to the United States, uh, you know, I had my circle of influence in Bangalore and I was doing pretty good. We had a good sized church. I was involved in the church ministry. I was involved in the district's youth ministry. I was doing pretty good traveling as an evangelist and all that. Then I moved to the United States and working in the working in India, working in US is two different hemisphere. You know, it's two different zones. People are different. Culture is different. 
you know, they understand very differently. And working between all of them, I had to stay back. I did not take much ministry opportunities in the beginning because I just wanted to stay back, watch how people are, watch the structure of the organization, watch how and where I can fit in, change myself. The way I talk, you know, when I move first, you know, with, just for an example, you know, my dressing was a lot more different than what it is right now. Uh, what it used to be like 10 years, eight years ago when I moved here, it has changed the way I talk, the way I behave, the way I'm, you know, interacting with people. And everything I had to go through a process of change. How did it happen? It happened by watching people. Because I believe if had if I if I want to see myself five years down the lane at a certain place, I need to start backwards where I am right now, and I need to start changing. I started watching people how they do ministry. I started seeing people how they do it, and also recognizing my unique gifting in that area. So I would say mingling both of it together, like bringing both of it together, watching somebody, seeing successful people seeing their failures, their successful stories, and adopting that. And also maintaining my uniqueness in the story of change. And I think that is crucial in every leader's life. Change is inevitable. It happens howsoever, you know, but uh, don't be in the uh, midst of it, but be an usher of change. And I think that's, that's perfect what you just said, the explanation your experience combined with, you know, all what you said makes sense. And which reminds me of a very famous story that we all know about the story of Apple Incorporated. Apple came into the app before most people, I mean, today almost everybody in the U.S. uses an iPhone or uh, everybody uses a Mac. Or, you know, I'll tell you, when I first moved here, everybody had an Apple phone. So I thought Apple was the, Apple was cheap and that is why everybody has it. <laughs> and then nobody, not a lot of people had Samsung. So you know, guess what? What was my first phone that I bought? Samsung. Samsung S4, <laughs> and it sucks. Okay, <laughs> I regret it. <laughs> All right, Samsung folks, if you're hearing us, please don't I'm sue, sorry. sue me. Please don't sue us for copyright. We're, we're not funded society. by Apple either. <laughs> yes, we are not funded by Apple. But I want to mention about Apple here because Apple is an organization which I see has taken change so rapidly and so precisely. And they wanted to make sure that this change was incorporated into everything they do. And before people started using iPhones, Mac was like the top top product that they were selling in the market. In 2007, when they came in, their biggest competitor was BlackBerry. And at that time, BlackBerry brought out this thing called BlackBerry Messenger, BBM. And if you were raised up in the US or if you're like around the 2006, 2007, everybody had BBM, everybody had a BlackBerry phone, and especially the high-time business folks used to have this. And Apple introduced the iPhone, the first touchscreen phone, the, I mean, the first touchscreen phone or product of Apple. And a lot of people criticized Apple, like this product is never gonna sell it. People told Steve Jobs that your product, your change will not work in this market. BlackBerry CEO, months before the launch of iPhone, said this one particular statement that Steve Jobs is nuts and crazy to introduce a phone like iPhone in the market. Guess what, where is BlackBerry now? That's what change can do. And in 2007, when Steve Jobs introduced the iPhone to the market, today it has 
literally dominated the market with different variants, different styles, Apple Watches, earpods, and a combined very what what does not Apple sell? Apple says everything related to the tech field, even softwares right now, because of that one vision that Steve Jobs had, that the need to change from a type in, uh, uh, a keyboard type phone to a touch phone. And that is visionary, that is legendary change to me because I still love, I envy Steve Jobs for what he has done because that is something that at that point of time, nobody dared even to That's think right. of. Nobody even dared, nobody was like, you know, we have one, everything is fine. But Steve Jobs found a particular point where there could be a change and developed it. And guess what? Apple took four years for the first iPhone to develop. That's and right. there was a lot of input that put that was put into this particular model and then the subsequent models. And that's what happened because when change becomes a necessity, you know, that's when, you know, all these ideas pour in. That's when creativity has a higher chance. And, you know, and guess what? Apple has changed the whole market, the world market forever. Right. Today, 2000 premium phones, they they sell every type of phone right now. Small phones, big phones, tablets, everything. And now they're dominating the market. And which is one of the greatest examples, you know, like you said about change, you know, I, that is one thing that I would definitely say, I would definitely keep as uh, as a visionary milestone because the way they changed the market. And I think like, just like that, just like Steve Jobs and uh, Steve Jobs was fired from his company and then rehired at that particular point of time. And he did a a revolutionary change. So change is, in, change is inevitable. Eventually, somebody or the other is going to figure out what you're going to do. So the point is, when are you going to do it? And if you don't change right now, you know, eventually, you like BlackBerry. Again, I don't, I, I don't mean to criticize. Out. Yeah, I don't mean to criticize BlackBerry, you guys. You guys used to make good, big phones, great phones. But <laughs> unfortunately, Apple took off the market with their visionary ideas. But again, I'm not speaking for any company. But the way BlackBerry moved on, like the BlackBerry hat, was kicked out eventually. Nokia was kicked yeah. out eventually. Yeah. HTC, different multiple brands was kicked out because of the change that Apple brought into the market. And the same way is it for every field, not just in the software market or in the right. mobile phone market. Is that in everything? In ministry, yes. Change is inevitable. In, in, in podcasts, I mean, if I stick to the same style of podcasting over and over again, people are going to go get bored. It's like, you know, hey, get out of here, man. That's what they're going to think. And I need to, even me, it's a, it's, it's a wake-up call to me too because I am not supposed to be on the same track. I need to evolve. I need to input i need to you know i need to merge change into what i'm doing and that's when it becomes different right. and if you're not different nobody nobody cares you know because there is like seven billion people in the world and all, not all all seven billion are same there are people some people who stand out different and you know you need to stand out different and again what when, when i get a quote on the bible it's like god has called us to be different god has not called us to blend in into the society but he has called us to stand out and that's that's what the excellence comes part. That's right. And that's where you know that's where leadership is because the greatest example of leadership. I've said this multiple times in this podcast to different people. The greatest example in the world you find of uh, of leadership is Jesus. You won't find anyone as closely or remotely equivalent to what Jesus yeah. has done. Yes. The challenges he's faced, the changes he has gone through, everything he he was like, no, it was a snap of his fingers. He it was cool for him. He did that with that with that maturity, with that uh, with that assistance of the Holy Spirit at seeking God, which is amazing. And that's the same way that leaders are supposed to be right. because we need to be like Jesus who stand out. He was criticized by a lot of people, but he, he was criticized for dining with Zacchaeus, a tax collector. He was criticized for dining with Matthew, the tax collector. But still, Jesus was like, Jesus did not care about the critics because he was standing out. And I, I think that's like the inspiration that we need to give to people all around the world, right? I mean, you know, who are you come with, you know, who will you see? You know, don't stick the traditional style. Evolve and change because that's where change, you know, is inevitable. That's right.
That's why you cannot box Jesus into the normal mindset of many individuals in his time and age. He was the greatest example of a great leader, leading people and leading himself. And in the end, where did Jesus lead himself to? The cross. He led himself to the cross. And that is the greatest sacrifice any leader has portrayed. And I'm thankful that, you know, we get to share the platform to mention the greatest sacrifice of all from the greatest leader who walked on planet. For sure. And I want to jump on to my last question before we uh, wind up. And this question is actually, you know, you have uh, specifically, you know, I've engineered it for you. And, you know, I want want to talk you. you, I want to ask about the challenges that you face in leadership, especially, you know, over these years, because coming from India to the U.S., studying in college for two years, then migrating to Dallas, and you know, be in, uh, in the meanwhile, you also did, did uh, time in different multiple cities around the U.S. And you know, I'm pretty sure it was challenging because the biggest challenge for any guy is like, you know, you move from India to U.S. That's a big challenge. That's you know, it, you may, it might sound like the big American dream, but dream, but it's, sometimes it's a nightmare too. And then after that, you know, you have to go through all these processes moving around. And that was so challenging. And especially as a person like that, how did you face that challenge? And how did you face it? I mean, even in le- on a leadership level, and how has that, cha- how were you able to face those challenges? And how were you able to cope up with that and overcome them? I do myself in the big picture, uh, I do have, uh, you know, sometimes I, I would say this, that I want to see the five-year plan of where I am uh, or 10 years. But sometimes it becomes so vague when we have a five-year plan that there's so many accomplishments and we all, all the only thing we see is the end result. We never enjoy the journey. We always want after five years where I shall be. And we continue to see that big picture that we forget the journey in through the five years where God is taking us. So what I believe the challenges of mine has been in the past, and I had to change it, that as the visionary, I set it out for, maybe I want to set it out for 10 years. This is what I'm going to do. And sometimes what 10 years, even in 10 months, I couldn't accomplish some of the things that I wanted to do, which is part of my 10-year plan. And I became very frustrated because of that. And especially when I moved to the United States. When I moved to the United States, the the, the background is different, the people of influence is different, and now it's a total different socioeconomic challenge all around you. Uh, the ministry side is challenging, a, a lot of challenges because the way you minister is different from, like I shared earlier, from people how they minister here. And so these were some of the challenges. And in the midst of all of that, what I decided was, I'm not going to take any assignments until I sit back to learn what and where I am at. So in that given time, I was in Arizona. Uh, in, of course, I got involved in ministry, but there were more opportunities that were coming to my plate, uh, which I said that maybe I'm a little bit more immature to get into that ministry right now. So I'm going to just stay back and learn how things are done here. Because I don't want to jump into doing something, then later regret, oh, I think I shouldn't have done it. You know, so I wanted to stay back and I learned different aspects of walking with different leaders in that capacity. So that was with ministry. Then the different challenges are, part of the different challenges are moving from one city to the other. 
you know, so from Arizona, we moved uh, to Springfield, Missouri for my education. And while I'm at Springfield, Missouri, now it's a whole different group of people because at least in Arizona, I had some Indian folks with me. But now in Springfield, I had no Indians at all. And now I had to learn the culture of how the local people are. And I believe God has taken me to that place because he wanted to teach me something and God does not take you to a place where he doesn't want to teach you at all. Every season is very important. And I believe in that season, I just surrendered myself to just sit back and learn. While I was doing that, I was invited to pastor or plant a church along with some other pastors. And that was a season for me to learn how church planting is done in the U.S. And we went through that process of learning uh, through different organizations and going and visiting some churches who were doing similar stuff that we were planning on doing uh, in Springfield, Missouri. And I believe there was, that was a season for me to learn. And it was a blessed season, but it came with its own challenges, challenges with learning so much in that given period of time. And uh, some of the challenges were in early on when we moved here is when we were newly married and being newly married there's a lot of commitments within the home and then we had added up another family member Josiah was born and that brings another challenge within the structure of your leadership and like I mentioned that before you are a leader outside you're a leader of yourself and then you're a leader within your family so now if you're married if you're a wife you are a leader within the home you have a husband you have a child or you are children and you lead that family or if you're a husband you have your wife and your children you lead your family and i believe that was my first role and now as a new husband as a new parent uh it came in as a challenge but the challenge itself was a blessing for me to learn uh and different seasons of life in through i i see and I don't want to keep rambling here, but, uh, but uh, you know, all to say, you need to have challenges because challenges will give you structure. As a leader, you grow, I mean, everything rises and falls in leadership. Any, any organization can grow based on its structure. We see the tallest building in the world in Dubai. Why does it stand tall? Structure. Because of the structure. Any organization that has grown is because of its structure. Leadership is about structure. And that comes in personal development. It's our habits, it's our doings, it's our going. Wherever we are, it all adds to the structure. It all starts with an individual person. Then it goes within the family, the influence, the immediate circle of influence, and it keeps expanding. And that's where I believe. So I had to learn and unlearn unlearn to learn and all of these aspects was a challenge but this challenge I use it to just help me grow in that I'm still learning there's still challenges as long as we are alive and beating we will continue to have challenges but that's <laughs> where you see only a dead fish will flow in the current of the ocean but a live fish will always swim against the current of the ocean and that's where I believe in leadership you will always have challenges. I pray God will give us all more challenges where we become better with our leadership skills. Man, that is amazing. And I want to quote you on something. Leadership is about structure and challenges provide that structure. Really love that. And I'm going to quote on that because that makes so much sense because we are built on every leadership organization. Even if it's a startup or if it's a big time company like Google or Apple, Microsoft, anybody, everybody has challenges and they have challenges, deadlines, everything to keep up. 
But these challenges are what build these companies. And one of the examples is Jeff Bezos and Amazon. He started in 2000, he started selling books. And it was built on challenges. Apple was built on challenges. Google was built on challenges. Warren Buffett, who started Berkshire Hathaway, who owns a lot of real estate properties around the world, he started on challenges. And I think challenges are like the stepping stones. And that is what forms structure, like you said. And I think that what that's what makes perfect sense because most people ask people, like we tend to run away from challenges rather than face them. I mean, even I've, I've done the same things at times in life where I felt like, I'd rather run away from a challenge than face it. Yeah. But the moment when you face it, that's what builds your leadership. That's what builds your integrity. That's what build, builds your professionalism. It builds a lot of things, but it, which all adds up to the whole structure, to the leader you are. And that not just, it, it, just not, it doesn't work just in respect to an organization, but it just work, also works in respect to an individual as well. And what that was like amazing stuff that you just said. And I think you know, we are, we are almost over time, but... You know, but I want to say this is like, you know, uh, uh, we, I mean, I don't know if the guys who are listening just we are doing this at the night at 9.30, but we are still fresh as the morning we'll be doing this. And it is so amazing to have Pastor Justin on this podcast. I know this guy is a dear, real good friend of mine. I've only known him since like for the five or, last five or six months. But in the meantime that I know him, he, I, I think we have grown over a great friendship. And the way that he does things is something amazing that I really love to see. And I can't wait to see, since I'm a part of most of the things that he does in this church, and I can't wait to see what God is going to do, do through him, not just in this church, but through the community as well. So Pastor Justin, thank you so much for being here. It is a real honor. It's been honor an honor, my brother. It's been an honor. We'll continue to do the same stuff that you're sure. doing. May the Lord continue to expand the horizons of your influence all across and different podcasts that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And all the guests that get to be part of your, they are blessed to have and be part of your Thank podcast. you. That's a true honor. And thank you so much once again for being here. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning into Bob with this podcast. It's been an honor to have you as our listeners. And if you are listening to this and if you want to share this, do share it. Tag us on Instagram, Facebook. We are on all social media platforms as well. And thank you so much. And please do let us know your feedbacks and stay tuned for our next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Bellwether's podcast. If you loved this episode, do not forget to share and subscribe. Also, we would really appreciate if you could leave a review. Thanks again for listening and stay tuned for our next episode.